This presentation of the USA CBD Conference is brought to you by IndustryPods.com in conjunction with Immortal, a well-being beverage company, bringing you Immortal Nitro Super Coffee and now Immortal Super Immunity Shot with Hemp Extra. All is well at Immortal.com. That's I-M-M-O-R-D-L.com. It's the, uh, an amazing panel that we've been looking forward to. We've been talking about this one since uh, we all punched in a couple of days ago. Excited for uh, the women in cannabis hitting the main stage right now, speaking about their journey throughout the industry. The panel includes Margaret Zanell. She is the Chief Revenue Growth Officer at Cannabrands. Taya Thompson, founder and CEO of Crooked Cactus CBD. Shayna Taylor, founder and CEO of Bottle and Stone. Amanda DeLone, founder of Angels on High Street. This panel is moderated by Suzanne Spall. See, I, I get it, right? Crushed it. I told you I would. She's a founder and CEO of Highland Pantry. Ladies and gentlemen, the Women in Cannabis panel. Hi, everyone. Uh, I think I speak for the group when I say we're really excited to be here. Um, we're living in a really special moment in time in the world when so much is happening in this industry, in wellness, and the moves, the decisions, the discoveries that are being made now are going to resonate for decades to come. Um, <laughs> uh, these women are all leaders in the space, having forged very different but really interesting paths uh, in sometimes scary, sometimes unknown, sometimes very treacherous <laughs> uh, industry um, in the effort to find something better for themselves, their families, and their communities. I'm really excited to introduce them, so let's dive in. Um, we'll start with Margaret and just go down the panel. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into CBD? And tell us about your brand. So my name is Margaret Zanell. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer for Can I Brands. Um, I, uh, unlike some of the ladies on this panel, uh, have had a corporate career. And the majority of my time was in tech. I spent some time in the Bay Area in the late 90s. And uh, about a year and a half ago, decided I was going to pivot into uh, the cannabis space uh, because I was, it, it was so reminiscent of that time. Um, I also believe in natural solutions for common problems and ended up having a great conversation with um, our now president, Chris Lord, uh, and fell in love with Can I Brands. So uh, we are a wellness brand. Uh, we are trusted for sport fitness. Uh, we bring CBD together with uh, vitamins, nutrients, and essential oils, and we distill four unique experiences, which are very self-explanatory. We support sleep, we support energy, we support uh, mending your, your body, and, um, and having a fresh mind. Um, we're endorsed by ambassadors, uh, sports ambassadors, and we have a wonderful following. So I'm very excited to be here, very excited to represent the older women, because everybody here seems to be quite Woo! young, so over 50 um, here on the panel. Yes, I've got a, a follower over there. So lovely to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Taya Thompson, and I am the founder of Crooked Cactus CBD. I also had a corporate career. I was a certified financial planner and a financial consultant for two of the top five uh, financial industries in the world. Um, but during that time, I had a son, and he was born with Down syndrome. And then between ages three and six, he also got the additional diagnose of autism, um, ADHD, sensory processing disorder, as well as a partial seizure disorder. And it was those seizures that really caused alarm for us with the pharmaceuticals that the doctors wanted to put him on. And we always say passive patients get pills. And we firmly believe plants over pills. So we went looking for a more natural solution. This was six years ago. Thank God we found cannabis and CBD. 
Um, we didn't have expos like we're all in today with the education and the uh, choices that were out there. Uh, so we were alarmed with some of the brands that were at, on the market at that point. We started growing our own um, plants and making our own uh, material for my son to make sure that he's getting the cleanest um, material possible. And through that, we started getting a lot of attention in our special needs community at home. And really the demand grew and the legal environment was more favorable. So two and a half years ago, we, we say we legitimized the crooked cactus and uh, we have our brand that we have today. Uh, we, we're also known as a lifestyle brand because that's what we're all here for. We want you to have a lifestyle where you're feeling better and you can really uh, get rid of those things that are holding you back that are keeping you from showing up and doing what you want to do in your life. Um, so we do that through topicals and tinctures and a lot of things that, that you're seeing here today. Um, but we're very happy to be here and give you this education and thank you for, for joining us. Thank you. Hi, my name is Shana Taylor, and I am the founder and CEO of Bottle and Stone. I decided to get into the CBD industry mostly because I saw that there was a need for good quality and educational uh, brand. I actually am an organic chef and holistic nutritionist that kind of turned into a wellness entrepreneur, and um, I sell matcha and other things, and CBD for me... I use it personally in my own journey for scoliosis and a pinched nerve, as well as anxiety for panels and speeches like this. And when I, 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 when you hear about all the things that it helps people with, you get so excited that you know people won't be addicted to narcotics as much as they are now. And I preach that a lot on my wellness blog. And when I started to do my own research on a CBD brand that I would recommend to my followers, I couldn't find one that I thought was good enough. And so. I decided to jump into the industry. I spoke to multiple manufacturers, which none of which could tell me where their hemp was grown or if they even had been to the hemp farm, which frightened me. So I decided to get my own farm. So I have a farm in Vermont. We grow all our own hemp, certified organic, and that way I know exactly where the product is coming from to when it comes into your body or topically as well. And so, yeah, that was really why I wanted to get into it and why I started Bottle and Stone. And I wanted to be an, also an educational brand. I feel like there's so many different CBD brands out there and everyone just keeps putting out another product that just makes it confusing for consumers instead of really educating them and teaching them what it means between broad and full spectrum. What's the difference between isolate? What are terpenes? What are CBG? What is, there's just so much information that people don't understand. And I think being educational is really important so that people can kind of pick their own journey of what they think is best for them. So Bottle and Stone, we really want to be as educational as possible, as well as give the highest quality certified organic products and where you can see where it comes from. Like, we want to give visits from our farm. We're turning our farm into completely biodynamic. Like, there's just, it's such an incredible plant that it should be at its best, best, best quality. It's just like the food industry. Not everything is treated equal. You know, you, you can buy something, but it's not certified organic or the marketing is great. And then you read the ingredients and you're like, what, what do you mean? You said it was natural. You said it was this, but there's all these chemicals. Like, how is that even a thing? And it's the same with CBD. It's like, you just, I want people to have a trusted brand that you learn from. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of my story at Bottle and Stone. Thank you. Hi guys, um, sorry you gotta bear with me, I lost my voice, I sound like I'm going through puberty right now. <laughs> um, but I'm the founder, uh, my name's Amanda Delion. I'm the founder and lead angel of Angels on High Street. I started my business in 2017 and it's been quite a crazy ride. I actually met a woman who made edibles and that was the first time that I had ever felt relief in my back in my back. And then I found out about, um, and then she disappeared. And I was forced into making my own. And then I found out that I actually had amazing products. And then I went to the CBD realm. And shortly after, about six months after, my son had gotten cancer, stage four Burkitt's lymphoma. We were at an amusement park in um, Whitehall, Pennsylvania, and in hope, whatever was laying dormant, the roller coasters sh shook up, 
and we, he started complaining about his stomach hurting him, and then his stomach blew up the next day. So I took him to the hospital, and they said it was Burkitt's lymphoma. So from May 31st till September 27th, we lived at CHOP, and he was in ICU for a whole month with breathing tubes and chest tubes. And right away, I knew I was going to be treating him with RCBD and THC along with the chemo. And I had him in remission in four months. So then I want to say about a year later, I had another mother reach out to me, a little boy who was five years old, stage four neuroblastoma. He had cancer all over his body. He had a 50-50 chance of surviving. And I'm happy to say that we had him in remission in five months in one week using our oils and the chemo. So now our goal is to just keep providing top quality CBD and CBG products out there on the market. I honestly have one of the best growers in the country, I believe. So um, now our goal is to help my son pursue his dream. He wants to be a grower and we would like to get a farm so he can help grow for other cancer patients and teach them how to grow their own medicine. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you all so much for sharing. Um, Taya, first question is for you. What are some of the challenges that you've faced uh, growing your company and how have you overcome them? Oh, wow. Challenges are plenty when you're just an entrepreneur in general. Like there was this famous uh, Steve Jobs ad for Apple, you guys probably know of it, where he says calling all the crazies, the believers, the misfits, right? And that's exactly what you have to be to be an entrepreneur. You need to be batshit crazy, right? Excuse my language, but you just really need to. So if you're considering getting into any kind of entrepreneurship, you really need to dig deep and figure out why you're in it because the days that you want to give up are often and you really need to have that inspiration and that, that why. I know it sounds a little cheeky, um, but you really need to have that passion because it's so easy to throw in that towel. Uh, coming from the financial planning background, I thought that I was adequately funded. I thought that I had planned it very well. Um, but entrepreneurship also has a way of taking your plans and like flushing it down the toilet. Um, so it, it, whatever your estimates are, it's gonna cost you 10 times more. It's gonna take you 10 times more time and it's gonna have 10 times more effort, okay? So that's entrepreneurship, but we're still all up here. <laughs> so it is all worth something. It is possible. <laughs> it is possible because at the end of the day, as hard as it is, it's still my, my business, my schedule, my, my passion. You know, I get to set the schedule um, even if it's 14 hours a day. It's like my own doing, right? Um, so those are some of the unique challenges just as being an entrepreneur, but then add in cannabis and CBD there are, are extra challenges on top of that. You know, the legal climate, as I mentioned, is becoming more favorable, but when we don't even have the opportunities that traditional businesses have to be able to share our stories, to advertise, to market, to gain access to funding, to be able to be alongside, um, you know, our peers in journals or, you know, in, in print ads or, you know, we really, or pay-per-click ad, all the things that all the traditional retailers are doing out there to promote their businesses have been denied to us for a long time. So what that's caused me to do, and really what I've had the opportunity to, to do, and the lesson that I've taken away is that I've been able to be a lot more creative and resourceful. <laughs> And those are two qualities that will serve you well in life, just period. You know, when there's so many choices, you can just throw your money at the wall and see what sticks. In this industry, you really have to be intentional and deliberate with the choices that you're making um, because you don't have a lot of choices out there. The other way that I've overcome it is through relationships. Uh, one of the greatest things I love about this industry, as you've heard with my fellow panelists, is the stories. There are amazing people in this industry that are in it for phenomenal reasons. Um, and it's great to link arms with them, especially the women, and say, let's move this forward. Let's change this. Um, and really, go girls. Yeah. <laughs> 
And really, it's the moms and the women and the grandmothers that are moving it forward because you, you wouldn't look at me as a mom of a special needs child and say, that's the face of a stoner, right? Like, she's not a pothead. Like, I'm trying to get medicine for my son so that he can live a life, right? So it's faces like this and the, and the women that are really changing the industry so that we can be taken seriously and that we can be taken for what it is. It is medicine. It is therapeutic. Um, so there's still challenges. I'm still overcoming them. I'm still growing. Um, but the relationships and the creativity uh, are really what helps me. And the passion and my why is really what fuels me to keep it going. I, I thank you so much for that response. I, that resonates so much with me. I think, you know, we can all definitely agree that that's what brought us to this. Um, next question is for Shana. Hello. Shana, you have such an, um, you've built such an amazing following through your blog and your Instagram and the work that you were doing even before you were working in CBD mm -hmm. in fitness and in the culinary world. Given that there's a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of fragmentation out there, what do you think, as a female leader in the space, we can do both you know, as an individual leader and as a community to better educate consumers so that they know what they're taking what they're experiencing is safe and consistent. Yeah, I think it's kind of the same of how I run my wellness blog. It's, it's, I do trial and error myself and everything that I learn that I think works or that I think is really good quality, I share with people. And I think when I started Bottle and Stone, again, I just, I really wanted to educate people because when you get into the CBD world, it's like the wild, wild west. There's like so many weird angles and like mountain ranges and weird things that you have to learn out and then you have to like have a specific person to do something else to connect you with. I mean, it's like, it's crazy, the CBD world. And so I really think that as a brand, as any brand, you should continue to educate as much as you can. If you learn something new, like feel free to communicate with that, like that to, to your consumers and your buyers or somebody that's interested in knowing. If, if you, you know, it's the same with like, uh, we every single time we visit our farm, we video everything that we do. Like we went for harvest and we videoed the entire process of what harvest is. And I don't think probably 90% of the people, except for maybe some that work for the companies, have seen what a harvest is. It's like how do you know you know where how when to pick it, what happens, where you're supposed to dry it with, and then in the process as a business owner, you learn so much. Like I was like, okay, this is supposed to be a specific temperature, and then you learn that so many other companies are drying it too quick, which kills a lot of the benefits because, and then you're getting a, a not a good quality CBD oil that then is being sold for the same price as you know. It's there's just there's so many things that I think people can learn and we also wanted people to choose their own wellness journey. I feel like so many things are forced upon consumers and like you need this and you're supposed to take that for this specific thing and it's like instead of just saying this is what CBD is, these are what all the things that it's benefit for, this is what you know this full spectrum means, these are the terpenes, these are what the, you know with a plant and then letting them choose themselves. So I think Again, just being educational, and I like it's like you, you girls with your stories with your with your kids. It's like that's such a like it hurts my heart to hear that, but it also makes me warm because it's something that's natural that's helping people, and then being able to share that story, it helps another person, then it helps another person, and just you know, it's we're a family here. We're all in a wellness industry of of a business that is incredible, and yeah, I think keeping it as educational as possible. Yeah. Thank you. Just to build on what Shana said, there's a combination of educating, to your point, around how it's produced, the effects, making sure there's efficacy, there's appropriate standards. We all know that CBD isn't regulated in a manner that no. uh, drives you know, all of the producers and the manufacturers to the standards that you need in order to be successful and effective for your children, for your mothers, for yourself. Um, so I think as, as, as women in this industry, we need to advocate for that type of, of uh, standard. We hold ourselves to, to standards, special standards in Cani brands. That's very important to us because, you know, our products are going into the bodies of professional athletes. They're using it in their locker rooms. Dara Torres was here yesterday 
12 uh, most medaled uh, female Olympian as one of our brand ambassadors, um, you know, discussing how important it is to know what quality, you know, what you're putting in your body, the fact that it's properly mm -hmm. tested, so that you can trust the brands that you're um, that you're bringing to market. So, you know, I think there's education, there's aligning to individual stories, um, and you know, we have a we have a responsibility as as women as business owners to make sure that we're holding this industry to a higher standard. And I think everybody in this panel is doing that. Awesome. Thank you, <laughs> Margaret. You're not done. <laughs> Um, you have an amazing, very eclectic background. You come from the corporate world, but you also have experience in the tech and startup world. So with that understanding, um, what has your experience been like in growing a CBD brand and how is that different than any other industry that you've worked in and how is it similar? So I said at the beginning that I came into this because I had similarities to the tech industry. I was in the Bay Area in the late 90s. I'm much older, like I said, than any of these youngsters over here. Um, what was different then was I pivoted out of corporate into tech. And at that time, you had to hide that you had any corporate involvement. It was like young guys, mainly guys, um, that were, you know, surfing in the morning until about, four, you know, early and then showing up and, you know, sitting at a computer and, and you know, working crazy, crazy, crazy hours. Um, so, you know, a combination, the, the similarities, this is a nascent industry. There's, a, you know, the Wild West, as Shana said, there's a lot of people who have come into this, um, not necessarily for the um, altruistic, uh, the, the altruistic purpose that the ladies up here are talking about. There's a lot of people who came in with a PowerPoint slide, some ideas, and got a crap load of funding, and they're not standing today. So what? So there were similarities there. What you see here are the people that are surviving. These are the, the, the brands that are thriving, the brands that are holding themselves to a higher standard and that are bringing CBD to the masses. What's changed, I think, this time around and why I was so attracted, so I went back into corporate and then I pivoted out. Coming back, um, cannabis, there's a couple of really big distinctions that I'm, I'm very proud to say I'm excited about. One is um, the opportunities are um, for inclusivity and diversity are higher this time around than they were back in the late 90s that I experienced in a, in a brand new industry. Um, you know, they're, they're embracing women, they're embracing all ages, all sizes, all types, people who only want to bring wellness and, and you know, proper, um, proper products and, and solutions to their consumers. Um, I also am seeing one other interesting thing for any of the you know, more corporate-y um, people here as well, is that um, back in the day, being corporate wasn't really cool in uh, tech in the Bay Area. Now, you know, being a, being a startup, uh, like an entrepreneur, having passion for the flower, really understanding the, the organic benefits, that type of individual, plus someone with finance background or, or marketing or, you know, or supply chain. There's a real, um, in, the, this industry embraces many different types of people and I and they're embracing women and strong women and smart women and and uh, I and I'm very proud to be a part of it so that's what's that's what's different awesome thank you Amanda what are some of the potential whoa there what are some of the potential challenges you see with the pharmaceutical companies entering the space and how can we counter the consolidation of power and capital I can see from the beginning, or from the potential challenge forming right from the beginning. Pharmaceutical companies enter this space. Currently, the first FDA-approved CBD is called Epidiol-X. Epidiol-X is a synthetic form of CBD that treats seizures. The challenge we will be facing as patients is trusting these synthetic forms of medicine instead of the natural form. This is due to doctors having the ability to prescribe the medicine to the patients and the patients trusting their doctors. 
in my opinion, no synthetic form of cannabidiol can replace the natural plant. The success rate for helping seizures is only 20, 20 to 25%. Um, <clears throat> X is just like another pharmaceutical medicine that comes with many side effects. Some of these side effects include appetite, nausea, um, vomiting, fever, feeling unwellness, um, unusual tiredness, feeling jaundice, um, <clears throat> liver damage, and feeling suicidal. If you're suffering from any of these conditions that cannabis can help, please find uh, <clears throat> a reputable farmer that can take your chances with the natural way and we may find our best chance. Um, how we can counter the consolidation of capital power is we can counter it, the capital and power by stating, un staying united and consistently educating those around us. Everyone deserves the best form of medication for their quality of life. The FDA approves drugs that have been proven to let us down again and again. Taking these, taking drugs that have ambulance of side effects should not be a normality of this country. <clears throat> and this is all the natural form of a medicine through educating the people, I believe, that will make the right choice. Thank you. Um, and Amanda, Last question. What advice would you share with a female entrepreneur entering this space now? To give it all you got. You really have to take your chances. You have to be very passionate about what you love. Because if you don't, you're never going to make it. You have to put your blood, sweat, and tears. I, I mean, there's days where I work, she says, 14, 15 hours a day. You know, you have to go for it. You have to, you know, feel and realize that you are enough and you will be successful. Thank you. Shana? Same question. Same question? So my advice to anybody, including females that are trying to get into the industry, is just be different. Don't be another product and another brand that's doing the same thing that just has another CBD product. Do something that's different. Be somebody that is inspirational. Educate people. Like, just don't be another person that's trying to get into the industry to make more money. Like, do it out of passion. Don't do it for anything else. It doesn't make any sense otherwise. We're already an oversaturated business, just like skincare became oversaturated. Don't make it another industry where people don't know who to trust or who to choose, or there's just another one, so I don't know. It's like. Just be different and do it right. And also do your research. Don't just put another product out there from a random manufacturer that you got from some guy you met at some expo. You know, like do proper research and ask good questions and get people on your board that know what they're talking about so that you can be as educational as possible before you just decide to put out another product. Great advice, and I would say you know, not only be different, but be you. Like, yeah. don't, don't be different and become somebody else. <laughs> like, be yes. you. Like, even today, I was gonna change into a cute little dress, and my team was like, are you kidding me? Are you still at, you know, Fidelity Investments? Or are you like, you know, a CEO of Crooked Cactus? You know, and I'm like, that's true. Like, you need to show up as you and be, and be you know, uniquely and confidently you. Uh, but my advice would be don't do it alone. You are not on an island. Us women, especially us mothers, like we put our big girl pants and we push on through and we want to handle everything. We want our hands on everything. We want to control everything. Men, do you hear me? Like, do you, are us women like that? So do not, this is not something that you need to do alone. Lock arms. 
find women that you can lock arms with that share the, the passion that you have. Um, I have a little co-op group that we formed that we come in together and we buy together so that we can get lower quantities. Um, because when you're first starting out, maybe you can't afford to buy kilos of you know, material. So we've come together, we pulled in our, our resources and we're, uh, we're locked arms, step in step, forging the way. And so that's my best advice is find, go to your network. You're, you have people that already know, like, and trust you. Like, use them. Find your tribe. <laughs> All right. So I would agree with everything that the, uh, the ladies have said. Um, you know, as, a, as a, uh, an individual who believes entrepreneurism, entrepreneurism is alive and well, and innovation is alive and well, I think it all just comes down to believing and having passion for, for what it is that, you know, you bring to the party and making sure that you know your value, um, that you support others, to your point. And, um, you know, being different, I, I totally agree. This is a very, you like, look around, this is a very crowded expo. And it's very important to stand ground to what it is that your brand, you as a person, you as an entrepreneur believe in, fight for it. There's a lot of people who sniffing around trying to make money off people. I would say, you know, just keep your guard up, have good, good talent around you, uh, individuals that support you, a team that complements you, and, um, and have a voice. This is all about having a voice. And whatever that voice is, if it's a quieter voice, or if it's a, a beautiful voice and a passionate voice and a voice in a t-shirt and I'm with you too, right? Like be who you are and, and that, that will propel you in an industry that can be quite crowded. Um, and this, this kind of thanks to the expo for giving us the opportunity to have this kind of panel. I think we need to see more of it. I think we need to see more of the women. Um, but we also love our men, just so you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Men supporting women. <laughs> um, thank you for all of those answers. I just would love to really quickly add to all of that. It is an amazing sight to see everything here and how many different perspectives there are. And I, I, I too, have a very different perspective from all of these women. My brand is specifically geared towards women over 50. Um, everything is CBD forward, but all of that to say that there is, I think, space as long as we make the space and work together. Um, individually, we each have very unique perspectives and bringing that honesty and that voice, uh, there is room. So if you're thinking about getting into the space, do it, just be true to you. Um, I'd love to ask just a couple more questions and then we'll go into, uh, one more question, and then we'll go to audience questions. Um, Shayna, how would you introduce a new consumer to CBD? How would I introduce a new consumer to CBD? Someone who knows nothing about it. It's a very interesting question, actually. I mean, I feel like when someone asks me, like, what do I do with CBD? I say, I kind of explain it, maybe this is a bad analogy, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I kind of explain it of like, CBD is almost, for some, okay, for instance, for somebody that only wants to take it as a lifestyle and wants to take it for the benefits, I explain it in the way of like, if you have pain and you take Advil, you notice that the pain is gone. If you take Advil and you have no pain, you don't know if it does a difference. CBD, it's almost the same thing. If you have no pain and you take CBD, you won't tell a difference. But if you have pain, you have anxiety, you have sleep problems and you take it, it will make a difference for you. So for me, it's, I, I want to explain to them and just ask them random questions like, do you have trouble sleeping? If so, like, is it because you do? You know, there's a lot of questions that you can ask to try and teach somebody to try to figure out what is the best way for them to take it. If it's only like, I work out at the gym all the time and my back hurts or I have scoliosis or I have whatever it is, it's like, great, I recommend cream. And if you want to take an ingestible, like, feel free. But no need to take 1,500 milligrams. You can just take five. You know, there's so many, I think it's, I don't know, I would just ask them a bunch of questions, almost like an interview, I think. I don't know if that answers it, but. <laughs> I think so. Okay. Would anyone else like to? Yeah. Yeah, when I'm introducing new products, I always lead with a topical because it's sometimes scary for people to think of ingesting CBD because they might still have 
um, a misinformed perspective that what THC is versus CBD and cannabis versus hemp. And so a lot of times we'll just try topically and when they can see, oh, it's not seeping through my skin and getting me high and causing me to eat overeat because I got munchies, right? So like introducing it that way. And then once they do the topical, maybe they'll do a gummy or an edible and then get them up to, okay, well, if that's not gonna you know, get, cause you to get high or have any crazy effects, now maybe you'll be comfortable to put that oil right under your tongue and get it right into your bloodstream so you can start working even faster. And by that point, they're very comfortable with it and they've gradually seen improvements and it's a very um, safe and non-assuming way to get people introduced to the product. So I, I start with topicals if they're completely brand new. So um, there's a couple of ways I would answer the question. Um, I have two kids. I have a 13-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter. And um, when they asked, uh, mom, you're getting into the CBD or cannabis industry, I made sure that it was very clear to them that I'm on the wellness side of the equation. Um, I, I, I hold no judgment for anybody who loves THC, but uh, when you're, and now I'm, I am a cool mom for being in the industry, a very cool mom. but I am able to actually say that it is the wellness side. Um, I think a little bit uh, to, to both ladies, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is an industry where there's a lot of people, you know, saying I've got CBD in a bottle and I got CBD in a topical and I got a CBD this way and that way. This should really be about the consumer. It should be about what is the issue that they're trying to solve. And, um, you know, we um, have the good fortune of just launching in Planet 13 a couple of days ago. And so we were, we were teaching, I was training the bud tenders, and we were talking about, you know, what it is, you know, when they come in to the store, what kind of conversation are you going to have? And, and, and it's really about asking that question. What is the issue that you have? Is it a sleep issue? Is it a, you know, is it energy that you have trouble with? Is it pain and anti-inflammation? Uh, or, or are you having, you know, trouble thinking and being clear? And um, being able to isolate what their, their issue is and then address it whether, you know, in our case, we put nutrients and, you know, melatonin with the sleep t just a tiny bit, but it gives an entourage effect. You know, being able to address their issue, I think, is so critical in this industry because there's a lot of people with, oh, I got CBD in a, in a lotion. And it's like, okay, well, you know, or CBD in, in a capsule. Well, for some, somebody, it's going to make them sleep. And for another person, it's going to make them clearer. I think you have to be really specific around what it is you're trying to solve and being very clear about what products you're buying to ensure that they get the desired effect in a, in a, in a trusted, healthy way. Thank you. And just basically educate them as what they're looking for. You know, so then we can bring down to what is needed for them. Because everybody is different. What may work for you is not going to work for somebody else. One may need a little bit more. Somebody else, like me, needs a lot. <laughs> I've got a lot of issues. So, you know, it, it's really important to know your product and know what you're talking about so you can educate your consumers what's best for them. Thank you. Um, I think we're going to open it up to some audience questions, if there are any. Oh, yeah. Right here in the front. Thank you. Um, I just had a question for the founders. Could you talk about your uh, capital raising if you took outside money and how that process works? If you raised outside capital and if you did, how that process worked? So back to my point, like going to your network. So when you're first starting out, unless you're coming from a corporate background with that type of environment, uh, it's probably going to be your friends and family that you're asking for first. And so that's how we started and funded our businesses through my network and through friends and family who believed in us and believed in the work that we're doing and saw Kian, my son, um, and the benefits that it had for him and wanted to help us on our journey. So again, I would say go to that tribe, go to your network, and obviously there's some some legal ways of doing that, but generally speaking, the source of it um, for us was was our our uh, our tribe, our network. 
just on the capital raise side, um, you know, it's really, really important to, um, you know, certainly we've we, we, we've done our, our share of capital raising, uh, um, and this is all about having a clarity about your unique value proposition. You know, when you're asking whether you're going to friends and family or you're going um, to institutional investors, they're going to want to know that you know they're going to want to know that you know your position in the marketplace, that you have a very unique value proposition, that uh, you have clarity around your vision and then where you're headed, because ultimately the funds that they're going to give you are going to be around your um, uh, achieving that goal moving forward. So use of funds is very critical. Um, and they're also going to be very interested in your ability to manage your business in such a way that you are um, utilizing their funds in the most, um, you know, uh, responsible manner so that it is not burned up because that's one of the issues that happen for, you know, many startups. They're, they're going bankrupt right now because they're not put, putting the money in the right places to create the brand demand and uh, ultimately the revenue trajectory that they are expecting in terms of uh, their shareholders. Yeah, I have one more thing to add to that too. I would make sure you put together a really good sales deck, as you know, easy as that sounds, it's really not. Putting together something that is really proper, that really sells you and your brand and what you're doing and how you wanna bring value is really, really important and I think that pitching it, whether it's a family, a friend, a, a bank, whatever, who it may be, showing that you're passionate about it and really loving what you do, I think is, is important. And be really careful who you partner with. Don't settle just because somebody says, I wanna invest money in you. Like, do go with your gut feeling on that. There's so many bad partnerships that happen. And I have been, you know, fucked over, excuse my language, by a couple people already. So, you know, be careful with who your partner's with. Really feel it out and pick good people. These are basically marriages. So be pretty smart. Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is um, if you are starting a cannabis or CBD company and looking for institutional funding, there are some cannabis funds, CBD funds. There is venture capital out there. Uh, it's a little difficult to find right now, but there are resources and it can be as easy as, as a Google search to find some of them. And uh, a cold email sometimes works, so there you go. Elderly, um, working with the elderly population here in Las Vegas, um, wanting to know how can we introduce this to them. Um, I actually do some independent living homes. Um, a lot of people call them group homes, but I don't call mine group homes. So I'm getting ready to explore the first CBD home here in Las Vegas, where we introduce the products to them, people who have mental health and high anxiety, but a lot of medical issues as well. Um, how do we introduce that to them and they don't have a lot of funds? What would you suggest that we do for packaging? I would suggest trying to get some sponsorships on board. I think that story is really touching and I think that there's gonna be people like us and brands that maybe have the capital to be able to donate or be in partnership with you um, to donate as much as they think that you may need to try and start getting it in, into homes. I think that meeting some people, telling your story, telling them what you wanna do, you might be able to find somebody that would be on board with achieving what you wanna achieve. I would agree. I mean, just look at what the veterans have done. I mean, there are a, a, a massive support making sure that especially disabled veterans, injured veterans, veterans coming back from combat that are not in the same, same shape, whether physically or mentally, as when they left <clears throat> is extremely important. And so there is um, that passion out there. You just need to craft that. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I was actually trying to do that in Pennsylvania. I've been reaching out to nursing homes my biggest hurdle is them, it's just because it's cannabis and they will not look at it regardless of if it's no high or not. They do not want to hear it. But IMN talks with another nursing home that is interested in the sad 
<clears throat> in ourselves because it does take chronic pain away within minutes and you can eliminate those extra pain pills. So as far as funding goes, you definitely, like she said, maybe get a GoFundMe or find something that could, yeah. <laughs> something, something that could help with, with funding. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, but. Yeah. I think you also have to have some advocates in the home, right? So it's really important to have, whether it's, um, you know, a practitioner, a, a doctor, a nursing staff, like you have to, this is a, this is a, a world of champions. And it's very important to have um, individuals who are empathetic to bringing that, you know, that natural solution into, um, into their environment. I can tell you, I, I don't have, you know, I, I have a child who has a lot of stomach issues and we couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. And I took him to multiple, um, I'm Canadian, many, many hospitals that, you know, we, there was no solution to what was going on. Took him to um, a naturopath and started having a conversation about CBD. And when I took that information back to the doctors, they poo-pooed it. They said, like, this is just like snake oil. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Anyways, my son uses our Can I Mend and will tell me uh, that he uses it. And, and it's just because I had a naturopath. I had a doctor that finally listened. So I'm not suggesting... Um, that you go hire them for that. But I think it's important to bring that conversation up in the home that you're, you're planning to build and making sure that you have individuals who are educated and knowledgeable about this because there's always concerns about drug interactions. And, you know, there's a whole, you know, a lot of elderly people are on drug cocktails. Yep. And so that movement from decreasing, you know, um, prescribed drugs and starting to take natural solutions that, you know, it can understandably be a bit concerning on their part. So you need somebody who's sympathetic, who's educated, who's reading, who's taking a chance. Um, but you will find people like that. And you will also find partners like us who say, you know what, we want to, you know, we'll give you some of the product, try it, see, yeah. you know, see how you, in the results, um, see how those results uh, come for your, for, your, for your folks in your homes. Thank you. Any other questions? Did you have one? How do you like bridge the gap between meeting consumers? So there's a lot of uneducated people um, that are just starting to learn about CBD, and I'm curious what your strategies are for meeting them where they're at without making claims. Because at this point, the only thing that CBD has actually been approved for is epileptic seizures. So how do you um, help educate people on its different uses without saying things that you could potentially be liable for. Are you talking about in person or are you talking about through your company? Like if you were to, on websites, because I know that you can't state anything online, claiming anything online. Is that what you're talking about? Well, both. So you're saying that you have a different approach with what you tell people in person versus what you publish online? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just asking in what realm do you, are you... I think it's both, Across both on a personal level and as a company, like official statements. Yeah, it's a really interesting question because we've been struggling with our company on what, you know, because even just to get a, a, our credit processor to say yes to us, we had to take like half of our Instagram down because they just said you cannot say anything. The only way that I've really found to go around it is that they, they, they can't tell me that I, what I experience and that I can't say that. And obviously testimonials are really great as well. But I think telling your story and continuing to tell your story is, is the best way to go about it until it like, I mean, once you become a, like a big enough brand, they say it's okay and they can't really take that away from you because it is freedom of speech. But it's, yeah, I think keep telling your story, keep educating as you say, and then just, I don't know, it's tough. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It is tough, and I actually was told I could not say what symptoms or what diagnosis my son has. So on all, all of our print material, you will just see that he has multiple special needs. But when I talk, yeah, you can't tell me that I can't share what my son has, right? 
I don't think there's going to be anyone up here like taking the microphone away from me. So I try to speak as much as possible. Um, but you do need to be careful because someone records you, if any of you are recording, um, and I go and put that on my website, uh, and this goes for testimonials as well, that's as if you said it yourself. So you'll see that a lot of companies, like I'll have people come to me and say, well, are you any good? Because you don't have any testimonials. I want to see testimonials because they're used to seeing the scrolling banner on the bottom or we're used to Amazon, right? Amazon has got us indoctrinated into looking at stars and reviews, uh, but we can't do that. And so the companies that are displaying that just haven't got caught yet. Um, they haven't got that season desist letter. So you do need to be super careful about what you're putting on there. You can't even link. Like I used to have that, I'm sure you've all seen it, that terpene wheel like from Leafly that's phenomenal. I used to link that on my website. I had to take that link off because that's it, me basically saying that that's that information. Um, so it, it is very difficult. Same thing like the question about how do you introduce things to new people by asking them questions, but that's a real fine line because you can't tread on diagnosing, treating, curing, etc. So the way we do it is I describe my product. For example, our relief salve is warming. <laughs> Our, our recover salve is cooling, which one do you think you respond to better? And then you decide. <laughs> Thank you. Um, actually, I think we're over time, unfortunately. So that'll be our last question. Thank you all so much for joining us and participating in this conversation. Thank you for coming. Um, yeah. Happy CBD Expo, everybody. Thank you. This podcast was produced and presented by Industry Pods in conjunction with the USA CBD Conference in cooperation with Immortal, a well-being company. Any unauthorized use is strictly prohibited. Any and all trademarks are the property of their respective owners. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.